go ahead and get right into the word on today. If you have your Bibles with you, hallelujah, open it up to the book of 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and verse number 8. Uh, we just started a new series, church. Amen. We're going to be diving into a subject matter, hallelujah, that a lot of people are not diving into today. And not only that, it's because uh, it has left many uh, confused. And so we're going to take our time and we're going to dive into this subject and we're going to do a contrast between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. And my original plan, hallelujah, was to do a contrast in each service with each gift. So I was going to try to do gift fruit number one in one service. But as I begin to study, God just begin to download. And so I had to do it a little different. And so we're going to do one gift this week. And we're going to do one fruit next week. And then we're going to do a gift the following week and a fruit the week after that. Because I could just try to squeeze it all in. But at the end of the day, I don't want it to be overkill as it pertains to information. I really want you to grasp this stuff. Because it's time for the church to start operating on this level. Amen. Amen. There are answers to problems. There are solutions that man in his human ability cannot solve and cannot answer. And you need to hear from God. Amen. And God has made gifts available to us to be able, hallelujah, to tap into his mind and receive what we need in the time of that need. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. So with that being said, today... I'm going to attempt to begin with the gift uh, or the gift of the word of wisdom. The gift of the word of wisdom. Our series is called Redressing the Imbalance. But today we're going to talk, we're going to teach. I'm, I hope you're ready. We're going to teach today on the gift of the word of wisdom. Amen. Can we pray? Father, in Jesus' name. Have your way in this place as we get into the word today and minister to your people in a very powerful way. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen and amen. Let me read this text real quick. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse number 8. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Here's what the word of the Lord says. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. And right there, you will find a list. I wrote them out for you last, last time we met. Hallelujah. Nine gifts. We call them the manifestation gifts. We talked about other gifts. We talked about the motivational gifts. Hallelujah. That are found in Romans chapter 12. And we talked also about the mantle gifts or the offices. Amen. Which you'll find in Ephesians chapter 4. But for the sake of this particular teaching, we're going to focus in on these manifestation gifts. The nine gifts of the spirit. And uh, not to recap, but just to kind of say some things, hallelujah, that perhaps you heard before, but just in a different light, hallelujah. Let me just first submit to you that they are gifts. 
let, let, let me just reiterate that. They are gifts. They are not anything that you earned. That's what separates them from the fruits because the fruits are things that you have to, watch this, develop. Amen. Uh, God is not responsible for your character. You are responsible for your character. And so those fruits of the Spirit are something that you develop through time. But when it comes to the gift, understand, or the gifts, the Spirit of God divides them as He wills. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As He wills. And so watch this. When it comes to the gifts, the Spirit is abiding. Is dividing, I'm sorry. Is dividing them. When it comes to the fruits, the fruits are developed through abiding. You abide in the vine, hallelujah, and eventually you will bear that fruit in your life. Amen, somebody. But as far as the gifts are concerned, watch this. They are, watch this, given. They are not grown. They are given, hallelujah, by God's sovereign will through his spirit as he wills. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. It could happen in a moment. Amen, somebody. And all, all that's required from you is simply, watch this, a response of faith. I said a response of faith. So number one, listen, they are gifts. You cannot earn them. Number two, very quickly, watch this, they are for each one. If you read the text with me, hallelujah, it's, if the text begins by saying, for to each is given. And if you read the last verse, hallelujah, it again reiterates that it is for each. In other words, this is not uh, relegated or reserved for an elite group only. This is not just for the pastor and his leadership. Uh, these are not uh, simply just for the offices or those who are apostles and prophets. Are you following what I'm saying? This is not relegated to a particular denomination. This is to each. Are you hearing for the edifying of the body of Christ? For each. In other words, it is available to everybody, hallelujah, who is a blood-washed child of God. Do I got any in the place today? Amen. Another thing I want to submit to you is, and this is a key word in the text that I just read, and it is the word manifestation. I said it is the word manifestation. In other words, these gifts, watch this, are perceptible by human senses. I said they are perceptible by human senses. Now, how many of you understand that the Spirit of God moves in many ways? And how many of you understand that the Spirit of God dwelling inside of the believer is invisible? And because the Spirit of God, watch this, which is invisible, indwelling the believer, hallelujah, you have to understand that it is not perceptible, watch this, by the senses. It has to be, watch this, you perceive the Spirit, Spirit to Spirit. Amen, somebody. His Spirit testifies to my spirit that I am a child of God. The challenge of real worship is not that you worship in your soul, but that you worship in the Spirit. God is seeking for such that would worship Him in the spirit. Amen, somebody. But through these gifts, you, watch this, can be aware of the presence of the spirit and perceive it through your senses. That's why they're called manifestation gifts. When they manifest, you can perceive them even through the senses. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Let me give you an example. If, if, if a man of God operates under the gift of healing... Amen. Uh, the other person doesn't even have to be spirit filled. And God could use the individual to lay hands on that person and heal that person and that person perceive by the senses that something happened. 
Are you following what I'm saying in here? Okay, if somebody else comes to someone else, for example, the Samaritan woman, uh, when, when, when Jesus comes up to her and basically gives her a word of knowledge, you remember that? Go get your husband. I, I don't have no husband. He said, you have said correctly. You don't have a husband. You've had five. And the one you're with right now is not your husband. That is called a word of knowledge, by the way. We're going to get into that one too. That is a word. It's not just a prophetic word. That is a word of knowledge. That's when God gives somebody information about you that's true that only you knew. Are you in this place? He gave her a word of knowledge and she perceived through her senses that this man has to be not an ordinary man, but a prophet of some sort. In other words, she received that and even in her own mind, she can perceive through the senses, only you knew that about me. Are you following me? And so watch this. When I'm talking about these manifestation gifts, they are perceptible by the senses. Amen, somebody. God. In other words, when someone operates in these, they are happening or manifesting in a place of space and time in the world. And as long as it happens in that place and time, they are perceptible. You can perceive them by the senses. Amen. Another thing I want to say about the gifts very quickly is that they are supernatural. Supernatural. Totally supernatural. They are the manifestations of God himself which, watch this, means that they will always be on a higher level than any mere human ability or capability. Amen? This is not, this is not a wisdom that somebody operates based on education. This is when you get a piece of God's mind for a given situation to meet a particular need. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Hallelujah. If you're blessed so far, shout glory. And so here's what I intend to do, hallelujah. Next week when we talk about the fruit, I'm going to give you the breakdown of how I'm going to give you the fruits. Right now I'm just going to give you the breakdown of how I'm going to give you these nine gifts. I'm going to separate them into three groups. You can actually separate the nine into three. I'm going to do little fractions. Is that all right? Uh, we're going to separate them into three, amen? And I'm going to separate them into three groups. Can we teach tonight? I'm going to give them to you in this way. Watch this. The first group, if you're writing, I don't have notes for you today. I'm so sorry. It was just going to take way too long to write all this stuff. So here's what I need from you. If you can't keep up with me because i got to go fast, I, I, I encourage you to watch it again on Facebook or get you the CD. But you're going to need this information. Amen, somebody. So watch this. Three groups. The first group is gifts of revelation. Gifts of revelation. And the first three gifts that we're going to talk about is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. That's the first group. That is the revelation gifts. The second group, watch this, are gifts of power. Gifts of power. When we're talking about gifts of power, we're talking about these three. Faith. And this is talking about not the measure of faith that all of us have. This is talking about supernatural faith. Faith, miracles, and healing. Faith, miracles, and healing. And then the third group, hallelujah, is going to be the vocal gifts. Vocal gifts. Amen. And the vocal gifts are tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Amen. Three groups, nine gifts. We're going to break it down. 
Amen. <clears throat> Let me give you uh, the purposes and the fulfillment of these particular gifts. I'm still laying down a foundation, but I am going to get to the first one. I promise. Hallelujah. Watch this. Uh, the purpose and fulfillment of these gifts. Number one, God's sovereignty. I said God's sovereignty. Hallelujah. Can I just submit to you, hallelujah, that if you think that God's going to allow for the direction of his, his, can I just say this, his church, his church, because I know we like saying my church, but it's his church at the end of the day, amen, somebody, that he's going to allow uh, for the direction of his church to totally, to totally be, watch this, in the hands of mere, watch this, natural man. If that is what you believe, you are sadly mistaken. And so, because it's his church, remember what he said, upon this rock, I, I will build my church. And that rock was the rock of revelation. And so watch this. You have to understand that through the gifts is how God, watch this, intervenes. <laughs> it's how he gets his two cents in, hallelujah, to help direct the church and move the church through the gifts of the Spirit. Are you following what I'm saying in this place? And so watch this for God's sovereignty. Amen. Number two, watch this, to lift us above the realm of natural ability. To lift us above the realm of natural ability. Again, speaking about the supernatural. Hallelujah. Listen, you know, I, I begin to study this and uh, I couldn't stop. <laughs> and so one of the things that I did, I, I, thought about, I thought about which book in the Bible, amen, is the book that shows you the Christians in action. And immediately the book of Acts is the one that, that, that God moved into my spirit. Hallelujah. Because it is the book Watch this, where you see the Christians in action, amen? And so what I did was that I looked at every single chapter of the book of Acts, 28 chapters. Each chapter has a supernatural element, each one. And so what I did was I removed any reference to any of the supernatural things in each chapter of the book of Acts. And you know what I found? I found that if you remove every supernatural element from each chapter of the 28 chapters of the book of Acts, none of those chapters can stand alone. Which allows me to know, hallelujah, and let me just submit to you that I am intellectually convinced that the New Testament church, watch this, is a supernatural faith. I said it's a supernatural faith. For you to begin to talk about the New Testament church from a mere natural perspective alone, you are going to be talking about a very weak church. Because the New Testament church is a supernatural church. Are you in this place? Watch this. The next thing is to confirm the testimony of Jesus Christ. The gifts come, watch this, to confirm the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verses 4 through 8 on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verses 4 through 8. Listen to what Paul is saying here. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. That in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance. Watch this. In all utterance, talking about speech, and in all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that you came behind, watch this now, in no gift. The church of Corinth didn't come, listen, was operating in all the gifts. You need to understand that. Waiting for the coming 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. Who shall also confirm you. What? Unto the end that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me tell you how that blesses my soul. Right there, hallelujah. Because number one, it's saying, because you didn't come behind in any gift, watch this, hallelujah, the testimony of Jesus Christ was confirmed in you. Corinthian church, because you didn't come behind in any gift, because you were operating in the gifts, the testimony of Jesus Christ was confirmed. And if that wasn't enough, then it goes on to say, and it will continue to be confirmed, watch this now, not until the Bible was completed, Oh, you remember when we talked about that last week? It said unto the end. And just in case you were confused as to what the end is, it said, hallelujah, until the Lord or the revelation of Jesus Christ. So until Jesus comes back, the gifts will be in operation. And the church that operates in those gifts, watch this, will confirm the testimony of Jesus Christ. Are you in this place, church? Hallelujah. It even went into detail as to say uh, two particular things that it was operating in. It said speech and it said knowledge. Speech could easily be talking about the vocal gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And knowledge talking about the gifts of revelation, which is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, amen somebody, and discerning of spirits. This church didn't come behind in any gift. And because of that, they were confirming the testimony of Jesus Christ. So if I confirm the testimony of Jesus Christ through the gifts of the Spirit, then how do I do it without the gifts? Amen, somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. The next thing, watch this. It allows all believers to contribute for the common good of the church. It allows all believers to contribute for the common good of the church. That's why after the Apostle Paul lists the list, of the gifts of the Spirit, he immediately goes into talking about, watch this, the body and the members. You'll notice that when you read the text, immediately goes into talking about the body and the members because he's trying to teach us, watch this, you remember last week when I said you're probably operating one gift, maybe two gifts, but you're required to have all the fruit because it not, you know, gifts cause people to puff up. And, and you can get really excited about how God is using you. Come on, somebody. And, and get a big head, hallelujah. And so God says, you need all the fruit, come on, just to tame <laughs> uh, the gifts of the spirit that you are operating on. Because the fruits are about character and you need character. Amen, somebody. Because if you don't have character, your gifts will take you to a place your character cannot keep you. And you'll go up real quick. But if you don't have the character to hedge you in, you'll come down just as fast. Amen, somebody. And so watch this, he starts talking about the body and the members, watch this, to let you know how important it is to gather one another. Because, watch this, to one is given this gift, to one is given that gift, to one is given this, and to the other that, and to the other that. So what is he saying? You need each other. Because what I bring to the table and what you bring to the table are two different things. Are you following what I'm saying? And so watch this, you need my gift, I need your gift. You know, if you go to Romans, it says that to each one was given a measure. Amen. The Bible says that only Jesus, watch this, operated with a full measure. But when Jesus went up, he gave gifts unto men. Amen. You remember when Jesus, watch this, was having his last supper with his disciples and he took bread and he broke it and he gave each man a piece. That's what it is. That's what it's a picture of. Each one of us has a piece. 
And that's why the Bible says that we need the gifts so that when we come together, we can come together into the full stature of the presence of God without measure. So here's the reality. Only when the body comes together is the full measure of the stature of Jesus present. So this is why the apostle Paul says that the ear can't say to the eye, I have no need of you. We need each other. And he goes on to say that even those that you think are, are the weakest, watch this, or the less important, he gives the highest honor. And he's doing this, hallelujah, to let us know that it is important for us to be united and it is important for us to pull off another. Listen, he goes on to say each joint supplies. And so when you, when you understand a joint, he's talking about a body. And when you're talking about a joint, you're talking in the body, you're talking about a connecting place. So my supply flows from my connection. So if I'm disconnected, how will I receive my flow of the supply? God, help me in here. This is for the individual who's out there talking about, I don't need to go to church. And I don't need people. I just need Jesus. No. Let me help you in here. He said you can't say that. You only have a measure. And so watch this. It behooves us to come together in the presence of God. Watch this. So that the full measure, the full power of the body of Christ is present. You know, oftentimes it's because we can't come together that the head can't rest. Listen, you, you, you hear that text in the scripture that says that the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And you simply think about Jesus being poor. He's never poor. He never lacked anything. Hallelujah. Or you determine, oh, it's because he's being rejected. That's only partially true. Hallelujah. Sometimes the reason the head can't rest is because it hasn't found a body strong enough that it can lay on. That it can sit on. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Because some of us have not grown, watch this, into sonship. Uh, it's Wednesday. Can I get a little deep in here? Hallelujah. Because we, we remember we, last week we talked about levels. Here's, here's a level for you. Sheep. Sheep is a level. The Bible refers to us as sheep often. Hallelujah. That's a level. That's 30-fold. After you grow from sheep level, you go to bride level. Where you understand that we are the bride of Christ. Amen. That's 60-fold. Amen. I heard one teacher put it like this, but no, no man's head can rest on a woman's body. So you can't stay at bride level. You got to go to the next level, which is sonship. And when you get to sonship, then the head can rest on that body because that body is strong. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? I hope that's not too deep for you. Hallelujah. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Amen. The purpose of wisdom as a whole. Let me just give you, before I get into this gift, wisdom as a whole, watch this, is to give you direction. I said it is to give you direction. Show me Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. Hallelujah. I hope you came ready to learn because I came ready to teach. Watch this. If the iron be blunt and, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength, but wisdom is profitable to direct. So understand, hallelujah, wisdom comes to bring you direction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. It's one thing to have knowledge. Let me give you my next text. Proverbs 15 and 2. Give me Proverbs 15 and 2 very quickly. Hallelujah. Proverbs 15 
and verse number two. Glory to God. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Amen. And uh, I like it in the NIV better, hallelujah, because it goes on to basically use the word wisdom. And it says you can have knowledge, but you can have knowledge and not use it rightly. And so wisdom becomes the application or the right application of the knowledge you possess. If you're not careful, your own knowledge can lead you to your own destruction. Because you lack wisdom. You have information, but you lack the ability to apply what you know. Amen, somebody. All right, so now let's get into this gift. You ready? Watch this. Let me give you the definition of the gift of the word of wisdom. The gift of the word of wisdom. The gift of the word of wisdom, if you're writing, I'm going to go slow, is an instantaneous and divine revelation of the sovereign mind, will, purpose, plan, and counsel of God. Let me say it again. The gift of the word of wisdom is an instantaneous and divine revelation of the sovereign mind, will, purpose, plan, and counsel of God. And I can take it deeper and just say as it pertains to the past, the present, and the future. Amen. Let me submit to you so that you don't get confused. I'm not talking about the gift of wisdom. That's not what I said. I said the gift of the word of wisdom. That's what we're talking about. The gift of the word of wisdom. A word of wisdom. Listen, when you think about a word, hallelujah, uh, if you just defined it naturally, a word is simply uh, a fragment of a sentence. Amen, somebody. A word is simply a fragment of a sentence. So when we talk about the gift of the word of wisdom, we're talking about a fragment of the plan of God. A fragment of God's mind. You're not getting all of God's wisdom. You're getting a fragment in a moment of God's wisdom concerning a situation or a need. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. It comes to minister to a need. In other words, it's like a lawyer. He's not giving you all of his knowledge, but he's only giving you the necessary knowledge uh, for the case at hand. I said he's only giving you the necessary knowledge for the case at hand. That is a word of wisdom or what is referred to as the gift of the word of wisdom. Now, let's take a brief look at wisdom as a whole because what I want to do today is make sure you can separate this from the rest. Are you in this place? Are you doing all right? Shout glory. We're learning tonight. Amen. Watch this. There is number one natural wisdom. I said there is a natural wisdom. This is the appreciation of facts and knowledge as it pertains to life and science. Amen. Natural wisdom. And then, and watch me now because this one could confuse you. There is a fallen supernatural wisdom. A fallen supernatural wisdom. 
Amen. This is the kind of wisdom we received through sin. This is the wisdom that we received through that other tree. Come on, somebody. Called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen, somebody. It is contrary to the wisdom of God. Amen, somebody. Uh, James put it like this in James 3 and 15, and I'll quote it for the sake of time. Watch this. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and watch this now, devilish. Devilish, because there is a wisdom that is supernatural, watch this, that comes from a realm apart from the earth that's not heaven, but it's the underworld. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The enemy can try to speak things into your life. Amen, somebody. That are contrary to the will and wisdom of God. Amen. So there's a fallen supernatural wisdom. Then there's biblical wisdom. Biblical wisdom is what you get from studying and reading your Bible. You, if, you're, if you're the kind of person that practices studying and reading your Bible, often you're going to gain a wisdom and an insight from reading your Bible. Amen. Somebody, you're going, to come, you're going to become very familiar with the Word of God. That is a biblical wisdom. That's still not the gift of the Word of wisdom that we're talking about here. Then there is what the Bible refers to as the spirit of wisdom. And, and, and a quick example of that would be, watch this, the life of Solomon. If you understand Solomon, you understand that Solomon was probably the wisest man who ever lived apart from Jesus Christ. He had a special anointing from God that he received through prayer, come on somebody, uh, of wisdom. And it was a spirit of wisdom that rested on him. It wasn't where he just got a fragment or a word for a particular moment concerning a particular situation. But he had wisdom resting on him. Come on, somebody. He had a wisdom that rested on him that you know the story on a certain occasion when two women were fighting for the same baby. Hallelujah. He applied that wisdom. He said only one of them could be the real mama. Hallelujah. So get me a sword. He said, I'm going to tear the baby in half. I'm going to give you half and I'm going to give you half. And one woman said, yeah, tear him up. The other woman said, no, give him to her. He knew that was the mama. That was the kind of wisdom that was resting on the man. That's a spirit of wisdom. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. When you think about Exodus 31, the Bible says that in the building of the tabernacle, God put a spirit of wisdom on men like Bezalel and some other men to, to wrought curious works, hallelujah, for the building of the tabernacle. They got a wisdom to build that was supernatural. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. If you read Proverbs 1.23, it'll tell you that the spirit of wisdom comes through faithfulness in responding to the reproof of God and his word. Proverbs 1.23, check it out. Hallelujah. And then finally, there is a hidden wisdom. It's a lot of wisdom. <laughs> there is a hidden wisdom. Amen, somebody? Show me 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 6. I want to show you this wisdom very quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 6. That clock is moving. Watch this. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. That means mature. Amen. Yet not the wisdom of this world. Catch that. Nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world, hallelujah, unto our glory. Next verse. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 
if they had that wisdom. Next verse. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Next verse. But God hath revealed them unto us. That would be me and you. By his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Hallelujah. The revelation of Jesus Christ, the church has it. Amen. Hallelujah. And so there is this hidden wisdom. Amen. But all of these that I just gave you are not the gift of the word of wisdom. Amen. You with me so far? Hallelujah. All right. Now, let's talk about this gift some more. I want to submit to you that when we read the text, you're going to see that the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge are very close together. Uh, they're very close together. And I will submit to you that oftentimes when a word of wisdom is being given, it's usually or at least uh, more often than not following a word of knowledge. Amen, somebody. And so I want to show you how these two uh, operate. First, I want to give you this because there is, even though they sound like they're close together, I don't want you to confuse them as to being the same thing. Word of wisdom is not word of knowledge. They're close, but they're not the same. Matter of fact, they're very different. They're very different. If I can break them down for you in a way that's very simple, this is what you need to understand. A word of wisdom, when it comes, it's always going to be directive. Hear what I'm telling you. A word of wisdom is always going to be directive, okay? But a word of knowledge is always going to be uh, informidable, amen? It's, it's always going to be about information. Are you with me? Amen? So I need you to understand that that's going to be a key thing. I mean, I could give you a deeper meaning, but that's, that's it in a nutshell. Hallelujah. One is informative. The other one is directive. Knowledge, informative. Wisdom, always directive. Now, let me show you how this works in your Bible so that you can understand. Now, I love to sit here and give you every single example I've got. I've done a lot of studying. It's hours of studying, and i got a lot of examples. But there's no way I'm going to cram them all in in the little bit of time that I have left. So I'm going to race through some of these. This is why I'm telling you, you need to get the CD. Amen? Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 41, in verses 1 through 36, the Bible says that Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream. Watch this, of the coming years concerning the seven years, watch this, of plenty and the seven years of famine. So understand that when he tells them that there are seven years of plenty and seven years of famine that are coming, that's a word of knowledge. Those are facts, hallelujah, that God has given them about what's coming. That is a word of knowledge. There's going to be seven years of famine and seven years of plenty. Then he tells him, watch this, what the plan is in order to survive it. That's a word of wisdom. The plan is directive. Are you in this place? The word of knowledge is informational. Here's the information. There's going to be a famine and there's going to be years of plenty. Seven and seven. That's the word of knowledge. The word of wisdom is this is what you need to do in order to survive it. It's God's mind concerning the matter on how to find the solution. You cannot possibly get it on your own. You need God in order to survive it. It is a word of wisdom following a word of knowledge. You're going to find that in your scriptures often. Amen. Let me give you another one. Exodus chapter 3. God tells Moses, watch this, that he knows the suffering of Israel and what Pharaoh's response is going to be when he gets 
to Egypt, hallelujah, and then he tells him God's plan on getting the people out. And so to make a long story short, hallelujah, he says, watch this, I need you to go to Egypt and I need you to confront Pharaoh. When you confront him, listen, first of all, I heard the cry of my people. They've been suffering, but I heard their cry. When you go over there, Pharaoh's not going to let them go. I'm giving you facts, right? But then he says, but through, watch this, uh, all these plagues, I'm going to make him release my people. And he's giving Moses the directive so that Moses don't give up after Pharaoh says, I ain't going to let them go. After the first, second, and third plague. Are you following what I'm saying? He's telling him, hallelujah, this is what's going to happen. These are the facts. And this is what you need to do. Continue to persevere so that you see the people come out. Amen, somebody? Let me give you another one real quickly. I'll put this one up on the screen. Put this one up on the screen. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 20 through 27. 2 Kings chapter 5. You guys doing all right? Hallelujah. Watch this now. This is powerful stuff. But Gehazi, Gehazi is the servant of the prophet Elisha, just so that you know. But Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, man of God, watch this. The man of God said, behold, my master has spared Naaman, this Syrian, in not receiving at his hands that which he bought. Watch this. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. Now let me, because that's King James. Let me just put that very plain for you. Uh, the prophet healed Naaman from leprosy. Remember, dip in the Jordan seven times, and when you come out, you're going to come out whole, and you're going to come out healed. He was healed. So now, watch this. Naaman, the leper, who's a centurion, an important man, a man of power, he wanted to pay the prophet for healing him. Amen? But the prophet said, this ain't the time to accept gifts. You can't buy healing. Amen, somebody? So he said, no, I don't, I don't receive it. But Gehazi said, man. He was going to pay us, right? So what he does as the prophet moves away, he goes to Naaman. Watch this now. He goes after him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot. In other words, he got off the chariot to meet him and said, is all well? Hear the rest. And he said, all is well. My master have sent me. My master has sent me, which he did not, right? Uh, saying, behold, even now they become to me from Mount Ephraim, two young men of the sons of the prophets. He is lying. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, be content. Take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and laid them upon two of his servants and they bare them before him. So Naaman put the stuff on two of his servants and send them before Gehazi. So Gehazi is walking behind these two men that are carrying his stuff. Amen. Next verse. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand. Now he took it from the servants. He said, give me. Right? And bestowed them in the house, and he let the men go, and they departed. He was like, give me. He put them in the house. He said, go ahead, get out of here. And he hid the stuff in the house. Amen? Watch this now. But he went in and stood before his master. Talking about Elisha, right? And Elisha said unto him, where you coming from? I'm just putting it plain. Where you been? And Gehazi said, uh, I, didn't, I ain't coming from anywhere. 
I haven't been anywhere. Next verse. And he said unto him, went not my heart with thee when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? In other words, listen to what he's saying. I like the NIV because the NIV said, was not my spirit with you when Naaman got off the chariot to talk to you? Did you hear what I just said? He, he wasn't there, but he said, my spirit was with you. When, God help me, when Naaman got off the chariot to talk to you. So basically what he's saying is, I heard what he said. Oh, God, help me in here. Watch this, watch this. When the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, is it a time to receive money? Uh-oh. And to receive garments and, and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants? Next verse. The leprosy, therefore, from Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And unto thy seed for Jesus. And he went out of his presence as a leper, white as snow. And so here's what you have to understand. Hallelujah. Watch this. He did this thing behind his back. But God gave him a word of knowledge, number one. The word of knowledge was he took the money from him behind your back. That was the word of knowledge. The word of wisdom is the leprosy from Naaman. Is going to come on you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's, that he could not know those things unless they were given him supernaturally. Are you in this place, church? Amen. If you're doing all right, shout glory. And you're going to find a, a lot of the Mark 14, 12 through 15. Jesus tells his disciples, watch this, how they would find the servant. You remember where they're going to have the last supper, hallelujah. So Jesus tells his disciples, go into town. When you get to town, you're going to find the man. He's going to be holding water. Follow him. When he gets to the house that he's going to, ask the owner of that house. Tell the owner of that house, where is the room my master needs? Could you imagine that? You got to have faith just to do it, you know, just to follow through. So they follow this man till he gets to a house. He gets to the house. Watch this. Then they see the owner of the house and they say, Jesus said, where's his room? That him and his disciples are going to have the Passover. And the man tells them, is this room right here? It's already prepared. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So in here, there was both a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. Because the word of knowledge is you're going to run into a man. God, help me in here. You're going to run into a man, and he's going to be holding water. Follow him. When you, get, when you get to the house, speak to the owner of the house as to where the room is and where we're going to have Passover. And the man directs him as to where that's going to be and how it's going to take place. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? And you're going to find examples like that all over your Bible. When Jesus is getting ready to ride in on his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, remember he uses a donkey. You know that story. The disciples are like, what donkey? He says, okay, you're going to go into this, you're going to make a left over here. You're going to get to this particular place. You're going to make a right. Then when you get over this hill, you're going to make, I'm paraphrasing, but this is what happened. You're going to make a left. When you get there, there's going to be a donkey. He has never been ridden. I have reserved him. All his life. Woo. He's tied up now. But you're going to lose him. Yeah, let me tell you. If, I, if I'm not careful, I will stop it and start preaching. Because some of you were tied up. 
But what you did not know is that he had you on reserve. Woo! For a specific time where he was going to cut you loose and then use you in a very powerful way. Amen, somebody. And so anyhow, hallelujah, uh, he tells them, watch this, when, when you find the donkey, cut him loose. When the owner, because, you know, imagine you being the owner. Yo, what are you doing? Those are my donkeys. When he, so Jesus, anticipating that that was going to happen, says, when they ask you what you're doing, tell them the Lord has need of him. And then bring him over here. And so in this story, you're going to find, again, both a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. Amen. One is informative. The other one is directive. He's going to say, go to town. You're going to find a donkey. He's never been ridden. He's going to be tied up. That's word of knowledge. And then he tells them how he's going to use them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you blessed in here? This good. Hallelujah. I can show you stories like Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 16, where God gives a revelation to a man named Ananias about the apostle Paul's life and his future. First, he tells him, watch this, go to Paul because he's praying right now. Now, you know God's a bad boy. He says, go to Paul. He's praying. Ananias says, oh, I heard about this man, Paul. I can't go to him. This guy kills Christians. God said, yeah, I know, but he prayeth now. <laughs> He's not the same man anymore. And then he gives them a word of wisdom concerning how God is going to use Paul in the future. Are you in this place? And the same way God is giving a man named Ananias a word of knowledge concerning another man and a word of wisdom, God can give an individual. A word of knowledge concerning an individual and a word of wisdom concerning their future. But that is supernatural. Amen, somebody? That's not for you to try it in your own, <laughs> in your own power. That is supernatural. Amen, somebody? Hallelujah. Second Chronicles. You know the story of King Jehoshaphat. God tells, God tells King Jehoshaphat, hallelujah, where the enemy is. And what to do on how to get the victory. And so long story short, hallelujah, this is where they're at. Word of knowledge. Put the singers in the front. Word of wisdom. And I'm going to give you the victory. Are you in this place, church? Amen. Uh, I can take you to Revelations uh, chapters 2 and 3. In Revelations chapter 2 and 3, you hear Jesus giving a word of knowledge to each church in Revelation. Seven churches in Revelation. And Jesus said, boom, this is what's happening here. Word of knowledge. Go ahead, check it out for yourself. And then he gives them a word of wisdom on how to change it. I have this thing against you. And boom, here comes a word of wisdom. Are you in this place, church? Something you can't get unless God gives it to you. Amen, somebody. All right. Now, you guys doing all right? I know this is a lie, hallelujah, but I came to teach today. Watch this. Now, so that's how word of wisdom, word of knowledge operate together often now let me give you the difference between word of wisdom and prophecy because if you're not careful you can mistake those two also because oftentimes watch this a word of wisdom comes on the heels of a prophetic word uh, but you have to understand that they're not exactly the same even though it can come through the vehicle of prophecy are you in this place church Hallelujah. So let me just show you an example of what I'm talking about. Put Isaiah 53 on the screen. Isaiah 53. Because most of you have looked at Isaiah 53 as a prophecy. But I'm going to submit to you that it's not just a prophecy. It's a word of wisdom on the heels of a prophecy. 
Are you blessed in here? I'm about to get happy in a minute. Alone, it seems. Watch this. Who have believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Watch this now. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now, this is Isaiah. This is hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus comes. Amen? Next verse. Next verse. Is that it? He is despised and rejected of men. He is despised and rejected. I want you to notice the EDs at the end of those words. Of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He, now I want you to see how it flips. Now it's talking about past tense. Now, notice what it says. He was. It's going to hit you in a minute. He was, watch, let me read it, despised and we esteemed him not. Next verse. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Next verse. But he was. I want you to catch this because you look at this verse and you think it's just prophetic. But if it was just prophetic, it will be talking about what's going to happen. And it will say, he will. It would have said, he will be wounded for our transgression. And he will be bruised if it was just prophetic. But because it's not just prophetic, because it's a word of wisdom, it is saying, he was. Because Watch, watch what Isaiah is saying. Isaiah is saying, this is not something that's just going to happen. This is something that has already happened. You're not catching me. He, listen to what he's saying. He was bruised. He was wounded. Let me read the rest of it. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are Healed. So here's what you need to catch about this text. It's not talking about somebody who's prophesying simply what will happen. What it's talking about is a man named Isaiah who got in the spirit, God help me in here, and was teleported from one realm to another realm. And now he's in the realm of eternity where everything has already happened. And in eternity he got a picture of something that already happened. And then he came back to earth and said he was God. Help me in here. Bruised. He was wounded. This ain't something that's about to happen. This has already happened. And it's going to manifest in the earth soon. It already happened in eternity. See, this is why I don't get stressed out. This is why I ain't full of anxiety concerning stuff, hallelujah, in my life. Because when you understand that you serve, watch this, Jesus who is the Alpha and the Omega. The one who is the beginning and the end. The one who is the first and the last. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Who in Isaiah 28 said, behold, I declare the end of a thing. 
from the beginning because I've already been there. Because he's already been in my future, I'm not stressed out about what's going to happen. As long as I know that I am called of God and that I love him, come on somebody, hallelujah, everything is working out for my good. So some kind of way, it has already been worked out in eternity and it's just waiting to manifest on the earth. So I ain't flipping out, hallelujah, because my faith says it's already worked out. It's just a matter of time before it manifests. Oh, God, help me in here. Are you in this place, church? That's just not a prophetic word about what will happen. That's a word of wisdom about what has already happened. Just hasn't manifested yet. Ooh, God, have mercy in here. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. My God. Most of the times, a prophetic word will have a predictive element. Amen? Hallelujah. It'll, it'll be pointing you toward the future. Hallelujah. But this is not just talking about something that's pointing towards the future that will happen, but something that has happened already in another realm and will manifest in the earth realm in a matter of time. Oh, that's deep, but it's good. Are you in this place? All right, let me say something else about the word of wisdom in here. The word of wisdom can be conditional. I said the word of wisdom can be conditional. Ooh. I said the word of wisdom can be conditional. If you ever study the, the, the story of Jonah, Jonah chapter 3, somewhere around verse number 4, what does God do? God gives him a word, watch this, hallelujah, of wisdom concerning Nineveh. Uh, 40 days and Nineveh is going to get destroyed. Amen. That is the word of God. Amen. And he got that word from heaven. Uh, but then the, the, the rest of the word is tell him to repent. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Uh, and so watch this long story short. Even though it was the word of God, Nineveh is going to get destroyed in 40, in 40 days because the people repented and fasted and prayed. Come on, somebody. Uh, it didn't happen. That word of wisdom was a word of wisdom, but it was conditional. Amen. If the people would have not repented, it would have, it would have happened. Let me give you another one so you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, Hezekiah gets a word of wisdom concerning his future. You're going to die. <laughs> Get your house in order. You're going to die. Amen. He's in the hospital bed. He's sick. And he's, he's going to die. But the Bible says that he prays. Amen. And what happens? 15 years are added to his life. And so watch this, even though he received the word of wisdom, watch this, it was conditional. A word of wisdom can be conditional. Are you in this place, church? Hallelujah. All right, how does a word of wisdom usually come? You guys doing all right? How, how does a word of wisdom, listen, I, my, there's nothing more that I would want to see than the church to start operating in the gifts of the Spirit. But watch this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So my prayer is that as you're hearing today, your faith is getting stirred up. Amen. Hallelujah. I ain't come here to make you shout. It's amazing. Hallelujah. But sometimes people uh, regard a good word, a word that made them shout. Hallelujah. But I will submit to you, you need to take it to the next level in your learning. Amen, somebody. All right, watch this now. How does a word of wisdom usually come? Inner impressions. Inner impressions. I'm going to name these because I'm running out of time. Inner witness of the Holy Spirit. You'll find that in Romans 8 and 16. Hallelujah. Inner pictures. 
Have you ever got a picture on the inside of you? Oftentimes in scripture, when somebody got a picture, they had to ask God for interpretation. And then God later would reveal the interpretation of the picture they received on the inside. But that word of wisdom or word of knowledge was received as a picture. Watch this. Through scriptural revelation. Amen. You remember when Peter gets up in Acts chapter 2 and says, this that you see happening is the fulfillment of Joel. Chapter 2. Amen. In other words, through the scriptures, he realized the fulfillment of that text. He got a word of wisdom concerning what was happening in Acts chapter 2 and, 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 and correlated it to Joel chapter 2. So watch this through scriptural revelation and application. Dreams. You can get a word of wisdom through a dream. Amen, somebody. It was through a dream that the spirit of the Lord spoke to Joseph and told him, flee to Egypt with the baby. Come on, somebody. It was through a dream that he received the word of knowledge. Flee to Egypt. It was directive. Go to Egypt. There's danger here. And then, watch this, when the danger had gone away, he gave him a, a word of wisdom and said, you can come back now. It was directive. Are you following what I'm saying? He got those supernaturally. They were words of wisdom, but they came through dreams. Are you in this place, church? Watch this. Visions. They can come through visions. Peter got a word of wisdom through a vision. Watch this. Hallelujah. When he saw that sheet coming down from heaven, hallelujah, and caught a revelation about how the gospel was not just for the Jew, but for the Gentile, when he caught that picture of, of killing an animal that was unclean and eating it. Are you following me? That was a word of wisdom. Are you in this place? And he got it through a, a vision. Angelic visitation. When, when Joshua is before Jericho, he gets a visitation from an angel that tells him, Directive steps on what he needs to do to get the victory. The whole walk around the walls, he got that from the angel. It was a word of wisdom. Directive. Amen, somebody. Are you blessed in here? Through prophecy. I already showed you an example of that one. Hallelujah. Through tongues and interpretation of tongues, God can give the church a word of wisdom. God can lift somebody up on that side of the church and speak in tongues. And then usually, hallelujah, so nobody would think that that person was uh, doing it himself. He would lift somebody else up on the other side of the church and interpret what that person was saying and give a word to the church. Are you hearing me, church? Hallelujah, Jesus. And then this one doesn't happen a whole lot, but audible voice. Like the one they heard at Jesus' baptism. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. I would dare say that's a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. This is my son, word of knowledge. Just in case you didn't know. That's my son. Word of wisdom, listen to him. For direction. I'm going to leave it alone. Hallelujah. Watch this. And then there's supernatural occurrences. Like Daniel's fifth chapter where it talks about the writing of the wall. I don't know if you know that story, hallelujah. Uh, the king was sitting in his palace, uh, drinking wine and having a time with his nobles. He looks out the window and a disembodied hand. Can you imagine that? A disembodied, a hand with nobody starts writing on the wall. Woo! It was the hand of God, by the way, writing on the wall. And the Bible says that the king's legs begin to shake to the point where his bones came out of place. And could you imagine that? His bones came out of place because he saw the hand of God. 
writing. Could you imagine if God would have just peeked his face in that place? That boy's head would have melted on his chest. Moses said, no man see me. He told Moses, ain't no man see me and live. You can't see me and live. I have to show you my hand. And my hand almost killed you. Anyway, he had to ask for the interpretation. And you know who had it? Daniel. And God gave Daniel a word of wisdom concerning what that meant for the king. Are you in this place, church? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, with the four minutes I have left, I'm going to run through these very quickly. I want to give you examples of the word of wisdom in the Old Testament. And I want to give you examples of the word of wisdom in the New Testament. And then we're going to land the plane. Amen. I'm going to go real fast. You're going to have to get the CD. Genesis 6, 12 and 13, God forewarns Noah of the coming flood and to build the ark. Genesis 41, verses 34 through 36, Joseph gives Pharaoh the plan, watch this, to survive seven years of drought. Exodus chapter 3, God reveals to Moses his plan and commission to deliver Israel. Exodus chapter 12, God reveals to Moses how to be spared during the Passover. Remember, kill the lamb, put the blood of the lamb on the door. He gave, that was the word of wisdom that he gave Moses. Exodus 15, 23 through 25, Moses receives a revelation on how to make the bitter water sweet. Exodus 17, verses 3 to 7, uh, Moses receives revelation on how to bring water from a rock. Numbers 11, Moses receives revelation on how to share the load of judging the people through appointing 70 elders. Number 16, God gives Moses instruction concerning the rebellion of Korah, Dathan, and Abihu. Numbers 21, Moses receives revelation on how to save the people from poisonous snake bites through raising a brazing serpent. You remember that story? Joshua chapter 3, Joshua receives a revelation on how to cross the Jordan. Remember, let the ark go first with the priest. Uh, Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Watch this, hallelujah. Uh, the angel reveals to Joshua how to conquer Jericho. Amen. Walk around the city. That was the word of wisdom from God to Joshua through the angel. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 7 through 8. Watch this. David receives revelation on whether to pursue the enemy or not. Should, should I pursue them? Are you hearing me, church? Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 3, hallelujah, the story of when three nations got together, uh, Israel, Judah, and Edom got together to go against the enemy. Seven days into the journey, they ran out of, they ran out of water. So here they are in the middle of the desert, no water, and the enemy's about to pop out out of nowhere. They're tired, they're thirsty, they don't know how they're going to get the victory. They inquire of a prophet, but the prophet is frustrated with them because they didn't consult God first, right? So watch this. He, he's so frustrated he can't give them the word. I don't even know what to tell y'all. Y'all done got me mad. And so the channel is closed because when you're frustrated and upset, it's hard to hear from God. And so he says, get me a minstrel. Get me somebody who knows how to play the string instrument fast. I got to worship. And to make a long story short, while he goes in in worship, the Bible says that the hand of the Lord comes upon him and he receives a word of wisdom, a directive. Watch this. Make this valley full of ditches. And then he says, you're not going to see wind, you're not going to see clouds, but the water's coming. <laughs> and it's supernatural. But he received a word of wisdom to give to them. Amen, somebody. Are you blessed in here, church? Oh, and I, could, and I could go on. Psalm chapter 2, 
you see a word of wisdom about the Messiah. Psalm 22, a word of wisdom about the crucifixion. Isaiah 53, we already went over. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 13, you see the seething pot and the interpretation. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 38, 39, 40, through the prophetic vehicle, you're going to see words of wisdom. Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, Amos chapter 7, Amos chapter 8, 2 Chronicles, we already talked about Jehoshaphat. All these examples. Now let me give you a few of the New Testament before we leave. Hallelujah. Matthew 2.12, God warns the wise men not to return the same way they came. Come on, I'm giving you a lot of information, but this is good information. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, they went one way, they found Jesus, they worshiped him, they opened up their treasures, and then God spoke and said, don't go back the same way you came. You know what that is? A word of wisdom. It's about direction. Hallelujah. It was supernatural. Hallelujah. If they don't get that word, they make the mistake to go back the same way they came, they're in trouble. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Matthew 1 and 20, God gives Joseph assurance to take Mary as his wife. You remember? He said, oh my gosh, she got pregnant from another man. I can't believe she did that to me. I'm going to put her away. I'm going to let her go. Remember? And then God shows up, watches through an angel and says, that thing inside of Mary, that's a holy thing. God help me in here. And he gives them a word of wisdom. And then he tells her, marry her. That was the directive. It's all right, marry her. Later he says, now take her, go to Egypt. Because it's dangerous out here. Then he gives him another word of wisdom. Now you can come back because Herod is dead. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Those were words of wisdom. Hallelujah. Jesus often operated in words of wisdom when he answered his critics. You need wisdom from God to deal with critics. Watch this. Jesus gives instruction concerning the last days. They're words of wisdom. In Matthew chapter 24, Peter receives a revelation concerning Pentecost, hallelujah, in Acts chapter 2. He says this is what the prophet Joel was talking about. We mentioned that already, amen? Acts chapter 9, God reveals to Ananias the purpose for Paul's life. We talked about that too. Acts chapter 10, 11 through 16, Peter sees a vision of a great sheet that lets him, a great sheet that lets him know, hallelujah, that the gospel is not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles. We mentioned that as well. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 13, watch this. A word of wisdom comes forth in the church that separates Paul and Barnabas for the work of the Lord. Acts chapter 16, verses 6 and 7, Paul receives instruction not to go to a place called Bethania in Asia. In Acts 16, hallelujah, he receives a word, watch this, of wisdom to go into Macedonia. Acts chapter 15, hallelujah, James receives a word from the Lord. Now, I don't know if you know, they call it the Jerusalem Council, Acts chapter 15, where all the leaders come together, hallelujah. And what was happening is you had a whole bunch of Jews that had just gotten converted, and then you have Gentiles, right? And we're all together in this room, and all the leaders are there, and they're arguing on whether or not, because the Jews think, the converted Jews, the Christian Jews, think that the Gentiles should be circumcised. And so they're getting into this argument about the law of Moses and we should exact all 613 laws on the Gentiles. And James gets up. James, not Paul, not Peter. James, who is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, receives a word of wisdom and says, no, we're not going to put that burden on the Gentiles. And he speaks, watch this, the heart of God, the mind of God. At that moment and said, the only thing we're going to make them obliged by, watch this, is that they shall not have any idols, not partake in fornication. This is what he said, hallelujah. Not eat things that were strangled or that still have blood in them. Those four things, that's it. That's what God said. 
and you know it was God because it settled it. Are you in this place? That was a word of wisdom. In Acts chapter 27, hallelujah, when we did our, 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 our series on Stormtrooper, you remember? Paul gives, watch this, the people that put him on this boat before that really bad 14-day storm where they didn't see the sun. Paul puts them on, listen, Paul lets the people know through a word of knowledge, we shouldn't take this trip. This trip is not going to bode well for us if we take it. It's not good for us to go. That was the word of knowledge. They didn't listen. They go on the trip. They're in a storm now, 14 days. Without seeing the sun, the stars, or the moon. They think they're going to die. They threw everything over, overboard. They're getting ready to abandon ship to try to save their lives. And an angel visits Paul and gives them a word of wisdom. Tell them that if they stay on the ship, they'll live. So he got a word of knowledge in the beginning. Don't go. It's not going to be good. They didn't listen. And God is so good. <laughs> he gives them a word of wisdom and said, don't jump and you'll live. And Paul tells them, stop stressing out. Stop flipping out. Eat and drink. Y'all ain't going to die. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so you see, you see all these examples. All these examples, man. So listen, the word of wisdom, again, let me just reinforce this before I close in prayer. It's not basic wisdom, all right? Let me say that again. It's not learned by the natural mind. Understand that. It's not learned by the natural mind. This is why when it comes to directing this church, listen, I can't just go by what another pastor is doing at another church. Because the way God is working in another church is not the way he's working in this church. And while it's good to go to conferences and learn and glean, at the, at the end of the day, you better be in God's presence. Hallelujah. So that you can get direction for where God is leading you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's not learned by the natural mind. This is beyond the education. Come on, somebody. Watch this. It's not, it's not just spiritual insight because if you've been serving the Lord for a while and you've been reading your Bible for a while, you can give somebody spiritual insight from the knowledge you have gained from the Scripture. But that's not a, the gift of the word of wisdom. Because the gift of the word of wisdom is not coming from you. It's coming from God through you. Amen, somebody. It's not psychology. I said it's not psychology. It's not something you learn in the classroom. Hallelujah. It's not something you learned after you studied the tendencies of mankind. It's something you get through the Holy Ghost. Are you in this place? It's not earthly wisdom. It's supernatural. Hallelujah. It's not simple wisdom. A lot of us, I hope, that have been serving God for a while got some simple wisdom. Through knowledge of the word, hallelujah. And at the same time, watch this, it's not all of God's wisdom. You couldn't handle all of God's wisdom. Jesus said, I got so much I want to share with you, but you cannot bear it right now. Your capacity can never withhold all of My ways are above your ways. My thoughts are above you. So when you get a word of wisdom, you get a peace of the mind of God in a moment. Hallelujah. Amen, somebody. It's not all God's wisdom. It is a fragment of the plan of God, of the mind of God, of the wisdom of God. And it's not just for preachers. Are you hearing me? We already covered that to each. Amen? And so I challenge you with these words. Worship team, come up here. You cannot glorify God with an inactive gift. I said you cannot glorify God 
with an inactive gift. Amen? You know that in the business world, they'll tell you that innovation, hallelujah, is key. Innovation. Uh, that it's people who can see the future that are going to progress in the world. You know what, what, what gets me about that? That some people who are not full of the spirit have more future sense than the body of Christ. That are looking down the road and are seeing more than we are seeing. And we are the church. If the, if the future has been predetermined by God, then I as a Christian should be able to tap in. And get a revelation of what is to come. Are you hearing me? The Bible says that the spirit will lead you into all truth and show you things to come. Amen, somebody. How do you think God kept Israel following them, following him in the wilderness? He kept making them promises about their future. And so the church has an advantage. It's future advantage. We have the answers for tomorrow today. I said we have the answers for tomorrow today. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. And through the spirit, we tap in. Your future... I'm going to mess up. Your future is a memory to God. I said your future is a, your future is past tense to God. It's deja vu to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? This is why I mentioned a while ago, I ain't stressed about the future. God's promise shall come to pass. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word, God help me in here, shall remain forever. I ain't stressing. God's word shall come to pass. God help me in here, hallelujah. God has already done all that he's going to do. This is why the Bible says he's sitting, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. It's already done. On, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven is already done. You need to use your faith, hallelujah, to bring it out of one realm where it's already done into the earth realm so that it can manifest. Are you in this place? Anything in you, God does not have the enemy's planning for anything in you God does not have the enemy is planning for it are you hearing what I'm saying anything dormant in you he will occupy right, we gotta leave listen can I be honest in here I need a word of wisdom just to parent my children you know what the problem with some of us parents are we, we parent our children like we know everything I said, we parent our children like we know everything. And then we're shocked when they behave crazy. Because you were telling everybody, but I know my daughter. And I know my son. Can I help you in here? I don't, you don't have to like me. Watch this. Your kids hide stuff. I said, your children will hide stuff. Check the statistics. Most people who have been molested, 
never told their parents. Because children hide stuff. You send them into a public school for eight hours a day. And then you let them hang out with people who don't fear God. You don't hear what I'm saying, hallelujah, for another couple of hours a day. And then you let the TV train them for another couple of hours. And you only get them for a little while. And you say you know them. You don't parent them based on that kind of knowledge. You need the Holy Spirit to parent. I said you need the Holy Spirit to parent. Hallelujah. My God, if my daughter were here, my daughter would tell you, hallelujah. I have a hard time lying to my parents, hallelujah, because God talks to them. And I can't tell you how many times God gave my wife a spirit of wisdom concerning one of my children. A word of wisdom concerning one of my children. And they had to like ball out, confess. Talk about how did you know that? God talked to me. God showed me. That's how you need to parent. Hallelujah. I got it. Listen, let me just. When I was in the world, I can testify because I was there. When I was in the world, I was living in darkness. I didn't have direction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The lights were off. My eyes were closed. But I'll be, if I'm going to get saved, and God open my eyes, and I remain confused. How, how in the world is God going to open my eyes and I never turn the lights off? It's amazing to me. God opens our eyes and it's like we, we don't want to turn the switch. And we remain confused. And we remain in darkness. You prepare people with future knowledge. That's the last thing I want to say. You prepare people with future knowledge. It's what made Jesus fall asleep on a boat. I said it's what made Jesus fall asleep on a boat. Watch this. Everybody on that boat was stressed out, flipping out, scared for their lives because they didn't know what tomorrow holds. But Jesus is sleeping because he knows. God, help me in here. People who sleep through storms are people who know what's on the other side. God, help me in here. They're people who know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so I can be in a storm today and I'll sleep through it and I'll sleep real good because I got a word about tomorrow. Are you blessed in here? If you receive the word of the Lord on today, give God praise in here. Come on, if you receive this teaching, give God praise in here. Hallelujah. Woo. Take notes. Understand what this is. And 
walk in a level of faith, hallelujah, that makes it easy for the Spirit of God to distribute His gifts as He wills. Amen, somebody. Next week, hallelujah, I challenge you to be here because we're going to be talking about the first fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And you know that's going to be good because we're going to talk about love. Hallelujah. My Bible says love never fails. Never fails. Hallelujah. And while Paul finished talking about gifts in chapter 12, he said, but I'll show you a more excellent way. And in chapter 13, he starts talking about love. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. The idea of this teaching is to balance the gifts and the fruits. Amen. Both of them to be active in your life. Are you blessed, church? Give God one more praise offering in this place.